Crazy. I don't know how long the little pause was going for, so I kind of. I know. I, I know. You got to jump into it. <laughs> what up, people? Yeah, yeah. And you're off tuning in. Uh huh. He ain't gonna lead us today. Oh, like I'm the Speakers. pastor giving a sermon. That's it, Bishop. So, go ahead, Bishop. So I actually wanted to go back to the basics of this podcast because when we started this in 2020, you wanted to talk about men's mental health, correct? Correct. Um. So there was something that I wrote on my goal list in 2023. Um, so every year I, you know, write a list of goals and whatnot, excuse me. And, you know, as for this year in particular, I wrote dating and therapy with question marks on both words. Um, not knowing if they'll ever happen. That's the, that was the question mark or that you put a question mark because of what? Like, is, is it going to happen this year? You know, why not? Um, but this Last year, actually, I was actually diagnosed with general anxiety disorder by my doctor. So, um, you believe that? I do because of some of the things that I've experienced over the last few years. Okay. Where I, how it happened was I did, you know, my annual checkup and told them, hey, I've been having difficulty sleeping. I've been doing all these things. And so they wanted to like check me for like the next three, four months to like track everything. And I was being completely honest, you know, filling out the forms and everything daily and stuff of that nature. And nothing's changed. Sometimes it got worse. And so they thought, you know, I have anxiety. And so they gave me two options. Either I can go on medication. You don't need that. Or I can go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. And for both, I was still nervous. It's just crazy. I want to stop you right there. How Mm -hmm. some of these doctors, they don't even tell you how exercise is like the number one prescription for anything. And I get that too. And I agree with you, but sometimes physical exercise may not be everything. Yeah. You do have your cases where yeah. you yeah, do, do need medication. You do, yeah. yeah. But depends like you on said, severity. depending on the severity of it, yes. it's like, maybe that probably shouldn't be the first option that we're presenting to you. Yeah. And like them saying, like them presenting those two options to you, I think that's good. The fact that he even suggested, hey, let's not even do medication. You have the possibility if you just mm-hmm. want to just have therapy. So I did go with a therapist mm-hmm. and it was a short-term therapy. I actually have one session left, but for the latter half of 2023, so from like around June-ish till now, I've been doing therapy sessions And I wanted to, you know, talk to you guys about this because that's something I've hidden from a lot of people. And for me to go on a public platform like this and address it is something that might help people. Right now, I'm feeling honestly a little bit vulnerable and have an open and honest discussion about it. If you guys have any questions of what I've experienced over the last few months, if you want to know anything else about it, what I've discussed um, and how I felt like trying to go to therapy or what my initial thoughts doing this was. I mean, to be honest, bro, I've been in therapy, so I don't, I don't got no. I'm the only one here that's never been. Yeah, therapy. I ain't got no what, like no ill will. Okay, I don't got ill will against it. Um, I think the only thing is, like I said, the only reason why I made that comment because I feel like I know. in the health, <laughs> and, the health and fitness realm. I mean, you don't know who I talked to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've unlocked a lot with just why people need help. Mm-hmm. And I think the number one thing that I think about, especially with anxiety. 
especially for someone that deals with it, it's the the feeling of not feeling controlled. Like you don't have a sense of control. In, to some certain- extent. And there were certain things during that time. Well, let me just backtrack. When it came to the therapy, I was even nervous about doing that. Yeah. The jump. Because yeah, I think around that time, there was a young lady that was going viral talking about how men, specifically black men, needed therapy. And I just... Um, the do the glasses and about how he can be hard. No, or, it, was a, it was a woman. Was oh, because I saw another video. I remember, I remember, I remember that. Um, and I understood her message, but it was how she conveyed it. And then... It I, was frying her. <laughs> yes. It was frying She her had so. lost her job. And I remember some of the comments were saying black men got her fired. But I think it was because she broke a code of ethics, if I'm not um, Good. mistaken. Good. She because she did idea. broke some confidentiality. Good. Because HIPAA violations. That. Get out of here. <laughs> because whatever the client discussed and you're putting that out, his business... So yeah. They sign a document for that too when they can't even do that. Type of violations. But dog. yeah. Um, so I was a little bit nervous, like thinking, like, is this person gonna just judge? Well, are they gonna judge me yeah, from the course, rip? Or are they gonna like roast me for everything and things of that nature? No, nah, it's not their so, job. Um, but yeah, every I would say before every session, I'll have like 48 hours to complete this intake form of how I was feeling. So, you know, are you feeling down? Are you feeling nervous? So on and so forth. And they would like have like a linear scale of I was feeling this not at all or every day or things of that nature. And they'll go from there to see if it's something serious or not. And I did learn a lot about myself. It's like going to the gym as well because, but for your mind Mm -hmm. and definitely putting in the work on how to, you know, navigate through this new thing because I'm not letting this define me, nor have I let it define me over the last year and a half when I found out and trying to use it as a crutch to, like, promote anything or talk about. Um, That being said, um, it allowed me to address some of my personal things that have led me to this point, such as my grandmother's passing, um, ending a relationship with somebody and what was discussed there, and then also my relationships at work and with family and so on and so forth. So I've definitely learned to approach things a little bit different and in a better place where I don't have to be nervous as much or, you know, be as anxious. Also practicing better sleep hygiene for me to get better rest and not be like, you know, tired all the time and groggy or up late at night nervous about whatever the is going on in my life. So, um, yeah, let's keep this discussion going. If you want to have any questions or want to know more about what I talked about. What's your relationship with yourself? Right now, I feel like I'm in a good space with myself. Um, I always tell myself, um, you know, you're doing better than you were, you were a year ago and even five years ago. And that's something my therapist and I had talked about because I think one of the earlier sessions, she noticed like I was holding on to my past a lot. And we all do that. We all, we all are do that. guilty of doing yeah. that. Yeah. But I've kind of harbored, I kind of let this carry in. Yeah. And there's a bigger difference. Yeah. And she was telling me, you know, to be more present and then also looking forward to things. So we talked about, you know, are there some things that you do look forward to? And this was like, what, September, October? So I was, so was like... Quick question. Yes. Did you guys figure out the reason why? The route to why you harbor on your past? Um, in this case, it was because of a specific person. Okay. Um, who 
who shall remain nameless. Yeah. And it was a conversation that um we had where they pretty much told me about myself and who I am and what I was and, you know, how people like, oh, this person was not your friend, but I am, or this is what you do to make women feel uncomfortable or you lack emotional intelligence and things like that. And for a point in my life, I really looked at myself and I'm like, damn, am I this shitty human being? And I think I came to you guys. I was like, yo, do I make women feel uncomfortable like that? Like, you know? And it really made me take a look at myself like, damn, I thought I was okay. Like, I'm I'm an okay guy. But now I have to look at myself like, damn, I'm probably, I ain't shit. And the person that did it to you were close with. Really close with. All right, so um, why do you think you allow words to define you? At that point, it was someone who I was really close with and who I really did see myself long-term with yep. and who I was vulnerable with. I know what you're talking about. And sometimes when you have that vulnerability with somebody and then they just throw it back at you yeah. and use it as a weapon, yes, ammo. It, it hurts. It hurts. And then you just kind of shut yourself off from the rest of the world where you don't want to speak about yourself anymore or, you know, give your all of you to that person. You know what I'm saying? No, and I know so, what you mean. I, going back to your therapist, though, if you don't mind me asking, so it's a woman. Yes. Did you want a woman or a man? Um, for me, I just kind of walked into it blind because I wanted to, like, just experience all well, who did you want, though? Did you want a woman or a man? Personally, I felt like a black woman would have helped. Okay. Is, is this person black? Yes, they are. Okay. And I feel like they have a little bit of an understanding because right. they know a subject... So, yeah, and it's a stigma. The reason why I'm asking that yeah. is because I feel like my experience is women know how to ask men to. They can ask the right questions, but there's that emotional <laughs> part about it that you want to be because you probably lack that emotional yeah. maturity or say, or the, the awareness. Intelligence. Not even intelligence because I feel like you're smart, but I know that there's times, you know, anybody could get socially awkward mm-hmm. depending on the situation. But, you know, I know who you're talking to and everything. I just think, you know... We all do it. We allow words to kind of define us in a way, and then we start saying it. I did the same thing in my last relationship, so I know I know how you're feeling. But um, my therapist, she's white, and mm-hmm. um, Miss Jennifer, shout out to Miss Jennifer. I'll forever be indebted for Miss Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And um, take your time, bro. You all right. Mm-hmm. She changed me. And uh, I didn't want to get emotional, but she taught me a lot. She actually reached out to me um, two weeks ago because uh, shout out to Team Pride. You know, I was in high school. And um, she wants me to vouch for, I guess, the program because, uh, you know, I don't know if they're trying to get rid of it. But I'll forever be indebted to her. She made me who I am in that sense. And I know I was, you know, the last episode, I, I don't want to give credit to somebody like that. But, you know, she definitely. Ah, you know, a breakthrough <laughs> here. A breakthrough nah, here. Yeah. That's why, I get, that's why I get emotional, man. Because when I think about her, like, she brings these emotions out of me. Because, yeah, she she did her job. And it's crazy because, like, you think about it, too. We're like, we got family. We got parents. We got boys. We got, you know, your girlfriends, et cetera. And uh, you would think. That's their responsibility, too, to know that, you know, like, 
for example, not saying, I don't know if y'all knew that I was doing therapy. Mm -hmm. We didn't know you was doing therapy. So that's the thing where it's like, not saying why we keep it in, but this is why men struggle because we keep a lot of stuff in. We think that nobody, not saying we're not going to say, because you know we would understand. Yeah. But there's still that sense of pride where it's like, let me just keep this to myself because I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, Let me just keep this to myself where, not saying that's who you are, but I know for me, I kept it away from y'all because I didn't want y'all to think like I was weird or and I can only speak for myself, but it was in high school too. So I was young as hell at the time. But um, like I said, for Miss Jennifer, she she gave me the tools that I needed. But I, I'm not going to sit here and say like I still forgot them. I still struggle. Mm-hmm. There's times I still want to talk to her and I do, you know, from time to time because I, I know she's the number one person that would give me, I feel like, what I need in that moment. And she brings that emotional side where it's like, I need, I needed that, you know, I needed, I needed her at the time when I needed her. And that's why I wrote my, my book chapter about her because she gave me, I'll never forget the triple threat A's, you know, help, help me acknowledge my feelings accept them, accept. and acting. So with your case, you know, I think if you, if you can understand therapy like that mm-hmm. and know that that's what therapy is for, the acting was the hardest for me though. But if you know how to act after the fact, I'm telling you, you, you're going to be a monster. But just know that, you know, you're still going to have your moments because only certain people are going to bring that that side out of you. Yeah. And I think the emotional part is why I feel like, you know, we need that that woman, you know, that woman. And I'm and I'm, my question to you is, I guess, because with my mom, um, she's emotional. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I would never think my mom would have never not been able to talk to me. I just didn't choose not to. Do you think you could have talked to your mom about the things you went through? Unfortunately, no. And that's one thing we talked about in therapy because they asked, you know, what is your dynamic relationship with your family? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm closer to my dad, especially I think once my grandfather passed, I was like 17. Mm -hmm. That kind of brought us a little bit closer, but it was at a time where I'm already feeling like, you know what? I'm doing whatever I want right now. I know you were going through your situation, but then me going to college kind of strengthened it a little bit more because every two weeks we'll call each other and then we'll be on the phone for like a couple hours. If he would come down to visit, you know, we'll we'll talk, we'll have lunch or dinner or whatever. And I remember a couple of times he he would hear over here like parties going on around campus. He was like, yo, heard there's a party going on in the apartments over there. Uh, if you do go, just be safe. Like that was like. Oh, my dad's trying to be cool like that? Like, it, it felt like one of those moments. Mm. And then even throughout my 20s, for like three years straight, that was like my travel partner. Mm-hmm. Like, we went to London twice. And then when I was going to Ghana in 2018, when I bought my ticket, he asked, like, yo, uh, when are you going? And I, when I gave him the dates, he's like, I want to come with you. And then we also had a bonding moment there because I think I was like, what, 24, 25 at the time? So we got to see, I got to see how he lived growing up. I got to talk to his friends and things like that, where he kicked it with his friends and whatnot. And it was a learning experience. We got to learn from each other a little bit better. So I felt like a lot closer to him. Whereas my mom, my mom is all is the complete opposite. Um, she's kind of stuck in her ways. Like you'll tell her some things and then she would like give her own opinion just straight up without even understanding it, why you're doing this or why you think like this? And sometimes when it, it's talking to her, it's like talking to a brick wall. Mm. You can say it till you're blue in the face, but you're not going to get to her. 
I feel you. That could be, you know, I know your mom's Caribbean, so yeah. not saying it's cultural, but it could be something that she learned oh. from her. <laughs> He's just shaking his head. No, nah. But, you know, because my mom's Puerto Rican, exactly. so, so it's like it's one a, of those things, too. So I know I'm, mm-hmm. I know this is a public platform, but I think one of the things was my grandmother passing, that was like the first time I seen my dad cry. Yeah. And um, I remember I tried to console him, and my mom, like, yelled at me not to do it. And then uh, I kind of, like, fell back, but then... I wonder why. She kind of yelled at me after that. I was like... Interesting. We kind of got into it a little bit, but at the same time, I I knew everybody was going through shit at the time. Yeah. And I I felt like we that could have been a teaching moment for us. Like, yo, I understand, you know, he's going through his thing. Everybody grieves different, whatnot. But that was when I was like, you know what? I just know, like, when it comes to shit like this, I can't really have an honest conversation like that, an emotional conversation. It's just interesting, like I said, especially with, like, demographics, especially, like, you know, because I come from divorce. I know you, your parents are married. Yep. I know your parents, you know, were around, same thing. And I know it's just funny, like, how we still kind of think about or go through the same thing. doesn't even matter if, you, if it's a single household or yeah. two parents in a household. Like, this, the thing is... Everybody goes through the same shit. Yeah, everybody it's just how we goes. address We have a lot more than common. That's why when there's so much discourse with a lot of people and say, yo, black men are this or black women are this or certain things. Like, that. like yo, we're so much similar and gone through a lot of different Everything. things. That's the reason why the discourse would be so disturbing. Because mm-hmm. if you guys really sit there and you analyze, a lot of people have gone through the same exact things that you might have gone through. Regardless, regardless of their upbringing. Regardless yeah. of what Color too, is. you know, race yeah. don't even matter. Like, I, and that's why when I, the reason why I was bringing up, I guess, the race and the therapist, because like I said, Miss Jennifer's white, yeah. the therapist is black. There is some type I of relatability. That so that's she, what I wanted too yeah. when I was going through therapy. I, like, I want somebody that went through a divorce that because she's been married for like fifteen plus years. Now it's like twenty plus years yeah. now. But mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, "What are you gonna do for me? You white? You mm-hmm. you don't know nothing. You're not. You don't didn't go through what I went through. So I I judged her before she even judged me." Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget the question she asked me. She just told me, how are you feeling today? And I'll never forget this. is It's a basic near, question. Yeah, it's and 15 years ago. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, like how am I feeling today? And it's things you don't think about. And that's why, like, because I got emotional about that part. Well, just thinking about her because I think as men, we get down upon for having emotions for the most part. Even just crying, for example. You know, I don't care about crying in front of y'all and showing myself. I'm I'm more of a crier now because of her. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be hard because I this dude, and that's what I thought with that podcast or TikTok you was talking about, Mm -hmm. the dude was saying, um, you know, women sometimes expect a man to be so masculine, so hard. When he wants to be soft, where can he even go? And that's why when you think about it, that was what the young lady was saying. But it was like how she... Yeah. As is we there's no outlets and that's why people in the streets people don't have no outlets or they and, do other things that either harm themselves or others yeah and so um and it's just generational and it's and you teach your kids that or you're surrounded by that and it's just it's just crazy so I think with my therapist she understood it already <clears throat> especially with upbringings and things of that nature and then also you know how do I put this? She understands that talking to friends and family about it is a tough thing to do. I think Keish was one of the very first people I told, like, back in, like, November. Yeah, you told, and me, then yeah, you you were, told me during our um, my housewarming. But real quick, before you finish your point. Yes. 
I want to talk about because it highlights on what you're saying. That's why I'm an advocate of therapy. Mm-hmm. And like, I understand if someone doesn't tell me something, you know, no matter how close I am to you, I understand because there's a level of comfort here where I don't think people understand is that you can, you can go to someone that you don't know and you can tell speak them anything and everything speak on about them. you. Because yep. no matter how much I'm close with you or I'm close with you, There's still that I've fear. been with you in so many different things. So I have a level of history or, you know, dealings with you that someone else might not have. So for you to be over and just complete unload, mm-hmm. it don't matter if you know me, I ain't going to judge you. I already know y'all my brothers, y'all can tell me anything. I'm not going to judge you. But there is a psychological to something mechanism where you second guess about like where you second guess yo even though i'm as close i am with this person regardless if they my mom my dad my best friend my brother it don't matter my sister it don't matter but there's gonna be a level of judgment that they might have for me or they might not look at me the same Same way and if i could go to this stranger that i don't know from a can of paint i don't know you just like how you don't know me and we might not see each other again exactly so I can just unload with you. Yes. You know? And so for me to do this right now, I was like, you know what? That's why I said, you know what? Let me set, start off this episode by speaking on it and then going from there because will you see me the same way? Or are you going to look at me different and whatnot? So I've been there like I mentioned before. Um, same thing. is, is And I think it's that fear of judgment that we always will have mm-hmm. in general. And just realize, you know, that can always change, you know, how, how you feel and whatever you diagnose with. Like, I never would try to allow somebody to tell me, like, um, like let's say, for example, anxiety. Like, you're, you're always going to have anxiety, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I don't believe that. And I, I tell myself that, which is funny because I deal with it, too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure if I went I to the like doctors. I feel like we all have anxiety. Yeah. But, but I, I think mine was a little bit yeah, more severe at the time. That's what I'm saying. At the time, right. right. And exactly. it was going on for, like, a long period of time where... Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yo, I don't even want to come into work. Mm-hmm. I can't even talk to this person. There's times where I don't want to call y'all or talk talk to y'all because I'm like, yo, they probably dealing with the girls and shit. And they don't want me to be around. Uh, uh. This is the part. But um, this also. It's excessive like that. That's where. You yeah, it to. was excessive. And then also speaking to you guys about this, it feels a little. She was telling me like, you know, coming out to friends about, you know, doing therapy is okay because at least. Yeah, there's still some judgment, but it's not as severe as, like, a family member. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think, and I, I know, I guess, in that thought process, you can think like that, but I... I and we're mature I, now. Yeah. Because we I, can't, we're not having these same conversations if we were younger, bro. And to be yeah. honest, bro, not saying we're going to forget, but, like, we we still going to move forward. We're not going to hold that over your head, like, oh, yeah, Ian told us he got anxiety, so we got to make sure, you know, we don't say nothing, like... Not, uh, not that, but, like, some family members and... I even tell my like sometimes the stigma behind it. Like, there is. Oh yeah, mom anxious. What are you anxious for? You got this, that, and the other. And it's like, yo, that's not what I mean. Like, you you get what I'm. But the thing is, though, too, is like you. It's like you said, these generational things, certain things. So it's like, yo, the best thing you can do is when you have kids, you understand how you want to maneuver and do something. And that's one thing I've been learning how to navigate during these sessions like how to approach these situations and it's helped me for the better over the last six months where when i come into work i stay in my lane i know things are gonna happen don't get nervous don't panic because i see my boss panic all the time even like this past week we started um work again new set new year new everything and things went left but i'm like all right 
this is my plan. We have a certain amount of time to get things done. If things go left, this is plan B. You know, just keep a calm level and don't panic. And I think that's helped me a little bit more after going through these therapy sessions and addressing my traumas and things of that nature. It's the acting. That's the part where you Mm got to learn. But just know that, like I said, like, you know, this is an everyday battle. I feel like anxiety, depression, all that stuff. Like we all know Mm -hmm. that. I think it's just prevalent, especially with COVID. Like COVID, the skyrocketed the limit. It's not even just COVID. It's also personal experiences that you've went through. Of course. Um, Like you remember five years ago when I got in a car accident, which Mm -hmm. almost killed me. Mm -hmm. That was one thing. I was so nervous. Even when I got my second car, I was just like, yo, I told her, it was like, yo, when I've, I remember getting in that accident and I remember my parents were like, be grateful that you're still alive and things like that. And I'm just like still shaking up. And then homegirl was like, yo, why didn't you talk to me at my graduation party? I'm like, yo, I was in the hospital fighting for my life. Like, I, I didn't know. Like, I forgot my bad. Like, I almost died. Can you just forgive me once, son? Like. Shit like that. But that's and, the thing, though. And those are mental notes, knowing that that's, that yeah. chapter had to close for you. Because just think about it. Even you saying it, it doesn't even make sense to yeah. say, like, how someone can't support you. And that's when they say through, through thick and thin, I'm sure he can relate. When somebody's with you through thick and thin, they <laughs> they can support you. That was just a selfish statement that she yeah. said to you. And there's some t- and I will say over the last, what, four or so years where I had to pull myself multiple times, I've realized that I am stronger than I know. From a mental standpoint and through therapy, I've learned that about myself. Yeah. Um, I've learned how to, you know, capture my thoughts, change them and correct them moving forward, things of that nature. I've also learned in order for me to like diminish, I'm not saying it's going to go away, but some of the traumatic experiences, I have to expose myself to things again, driving on the highway, you know, talking to people again or, you know, how to handle like 11th hour situations and shit. So they don't consume me. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to the action thing. Because you're going to have to implement the, you know, they give you the requisite tools that you might need, you know, and things that help encourage you and push you to be able to do it. But once you use those systems, those tools, and you apply them in, you know, scenarios or situations, or even mock scenarios sometimes, Mm. you know, they will be able to play a great role in, you know, how you're able to just continue to combat life and get, the most fulfillment out of it. Another thing is too, is you said about, um, you didn't realize how strong you are when it comes mm-hmm. to certain things. I don't know if you remember a conversation that I had with you, but it was after we left. Uh, it might've been, it was one of the, might've been Jalen's first game night that we had. Oh, I think so. And we was in your cars dropping you off in that conversation. I was at my house had with you at your house. And I told you words have power. And that's something that I say all the time because I truly believe it because it doesn't matter if you're saying something subconsciously or knowingly, you know, your subconscious don't know that. So it's just like, yo, you putting that doubt and that doubt and your doubt and that doubt into you, man, it'll start manifesting itself. So like for me, that's why I'm a big component too is understanding like, hey, if you feel like you might not know if you're going to be able to do this, you'd be like, yo, I'm hot. Even if you, you don't even feel it, saying it, we like, even just help you, encourage you to even get to that next step, man. And um, yeah, that plays a, a powerful role into you combating and you, you know, getting the best of any type of anxiety that you do have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's continuing to encourage yourself because there would be sometimes the situations where it might just be you and God in a situation, bro. So 
that encouragement for yourself and speaking those things in yourself will help, bro. Thank you. I mean, say everyone emotion. Let me go get the tissues <laughs> out for you. But nah, but um, these nah. are the conversations that you need to have with your friends, and I think for a lot of people too. Um, you know, a lot of us internalize a lot of things, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of us internalize a lot of things, and then you wonder why your friend might go ghost or you don't see someone for a while or certain things. People are internalizing things. People are self-medicating. People are doing things that probably shouldn't benefit them. It's a lot of that. So you really need to... Check in on your friends. If you really care about people like you say you care about in your friend group, it's not saying everyone because everyone has different relationships and levels with their friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you really truly be caring about this... This is why you need to be having conversations with your friends. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he didn't open up and told me about therapy already when he was going through it. And we just sat there, you know, mm-hmm. and we just talked. You that know was like a saying? good 45 40 minutes. 40 minutes. A whole party going on. And, <laughs> you know I mean? and, 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 you know, we're having a conversation. Countless conversations you and I have had. So it's just like, you know, you have to be willing to have these conversations with your friends if you really care about them. Yeah. Um, I felt like... I wanted to have that conversation, but I wanted to be ready at of course to, to, to express it. Of course. Also, I didn't want to do it at the very beginning or anything. I wanted to go through it first to the point where I'm just like, all right, I'm doing the work. I'm learning something. I'm trying to make these next steps to better myself mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And you just even making that decision is powerful. Because so many points in times, people would just start something and be like, hey, yo, I'm doing this. This is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. You haven't been through it enough. You ain't come out of it yet. Because it's good for you if you go to therapy and you you do what you're doing during the sessions. But what happens after? It's like church. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, yo, it's good that you go sit down for two hours, out 90 minutes throughout the day, but you no, know, through a Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. What you doing? What are, you, are you applying anything that you might be hearing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, so that's how these things work in life. Mm-hmm. You know? It is. It's application. I mean, your real problems are outside. And maybe, you know, when you're by yourself, but that's why you, yeah. like it goes back to our last episode that we've just done. Why, you know, we need people. You know, loneliness is real. <laughs> it is. And I think that's the one thing that I've been learning too is is knowing my moments and triggers when I feel lonely. Because, yeah, people self-medicate too when it comes to that. And I think... Understanding your triggers is key, but more importantly, it goes into the information that you give to yourself when you know it. So, like, if you if you got triggered, talking to another girl, let's just say, she said something that that person said, and it triggered you, you have two options. You either act the same or you just don't because of therapy. But therapy is going to let you know if you're growing in that way. Mm-hmm. And this is why, and I hate to say it because I don't downplay therapy, but sometimes these therapists too, they get hella money from people because they're not giving them the tools that they need or the people aren't even applying what their therapist is telling them. And they're just in cycles and cycles and cycles to the point where it's like they just giving them their money because they just want to talk. And yeah. I think that's what I've learned even as a trainer. Talking like, just Those are talk. character flaws though. I can't it put is. that part of yeah. if you're on the therapist. But like you said, some some of them ain't out here giving the requisite tools. And I, yeah, I, right. People I, just yeah. show up just to talk. And that was one thing I... Which first, is okay, too, because yeah. some people might just need that. Just, just talk. did Dude, that. I know. Just, I remember Charlemagne saying that. He was just like, yo, like, the reason why I go to therapy is so I can just filter out thoughts. Because sometimes if you say it to, like, your partner or yeah. anybody, they will look at you and just want to slap you. Um, also went for me, since I did short-term therapy, I thought it was like, yo, let me just run through this real quick. 
I was dead wrong about that. Um, I said, I realized, you know, sometimes I don't have anything to talk about. Um, so then there was times where I was like, you know what? Let me space them out a little bit. So I, I would go in there awkward. I would go in there like, yeah, so truth be told, I don't have anything that's on the top of my mind. So we can either cut this session short or you need to start figuring out some things to ask me to untrigger. Un- there was something. one where I was like in a really good space. Like at that point, I was like, yo, we went through, we talked maybe two weeks before. And then two weeks later I did the work and I'm just like, yo, I'm actually been in a good space lately. I've been doing everything. And blah blah blah, and then we were like, "No, let's just reschedule." It's a good sign, though. Because, I mean, even but, as a trainer. But then sometimes that's not always the case because you could be in a good space now, and then the next day, you yeah, hit rock bottom again. So it's it's a process, and I've learned throughout the last six seven months, you know, just to continue it, learn from it, also grow from it, and also apply it to your life. And so, I mean. That's, and that's that's the separation once again. And I've been able to, you know, especially from a professional and personal standpoint, I'm a little bit more calm now, which for some people they don't like. But I'm just like, yo, why are we stressing over this shit? Why do I have to be worried about this shit? Yeah, I should be a little bit worried, but not like, yo, panic, World War Three is coming type level. Yeah, that's too much. You know, I just like to and I've learned like being more calm actually allows me to you know, handle it like grace under fire. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you guys for allowing me to have the space to speak on it. Um, to anybody who's listening and is going through something, I empathize with you. Also seek professional help, please. Like I'm just putting that disclaimer out. We are not professionals by any means on this podcast. So yeah. I want to just say thank y'all for both, you know, both of y'all opening up, you know, being in therapy and y'all, y'all doing that. So that's awesome that y'all are able to take your tests that you had in life and be able to have testimonies now and be able to tell people about these things that will, I know, encourage people because me sitting right here, just hearing you guys speak and do things is encouraging for myself. And I'm sure if it's encouraging to myself, someone out there listening will be encouraging for them too. Facts. Yeah. I mean, experiences are your greatest teachers like that saying goes and uh like ian said you know i think just know you're not by yourself you know whether you believe in god um you know you have family around friends around you know strong support system yeah just find somebody that you can talk to um that's really the key because i think holding it in does nothing you know i i've learned that there's a difference between hurt feelings and unhurt feelings. So your unhurt feelings, if you're not talking about them, yeah, you're going to feel some type of way and you're going to go crazy. But just know that if you find somebody that you can talk to in an outlet, a healthy outlet, not, you know, self-medication negatively or you know what you do as far as that. You know, you don't have to do that. If anything, you know, know that there's good, positive things that you could be doing other than, you know, the bad stuff. But um, like Ian said, I'm always going to be an advocate. I know Rocky said the same thing for our therapy. And, um, yeah, that's what the podcast is all about. That's why I wanted to create it. I, I had y'all on there for that reason. Who would have thought you would have said something regarding anxiety? You blew me away because I, I didn't think you was going to say that, to be honest, because I didn't know nothing. And that's another reason why, too, it's important to talk because you don't have to hide from nobody. Mm-hmm. You don't got to mask nothing. Take your masks off, you know. Word to future. 
to, uh, <laughs> you know, be in your feelings. It's okay to be in your feelings, man. You're a man, you know. Pretty much. Be in your feelings. That's, right. one, that's one thing um, I did hey, also learn in therapy. Your feelings are not invalidated. Yeah. If, especially be, when you're going through the motions. Exactly. You know I mean? like, exactly. That's why we, we're human, you know. We're not perfect. Let those tears out, man. Yeah, I done cried. Just, Everyone done see me cry. Yeah, see y'all yeah. cry Go through the motions, but don't let them consume you. Yeah. That's what I should say. That's it, man. So, you know, go back to the check-in episode that we've done, and y'all understand why it's important to check in. But Facts. three years later, we got this one. Yeah. Appreciate y'all time in your ears, though. Thank you. Peace. Yeah.